Thank you, Mr. Harden. Thank you, Brother Harden, for saying. Remember, Brother Berry, in the morning, if you would, please. That's why he was home today. He was getting ready for tomorrow. He's got a procedure he's going to go through, so be praying for him. Everything will go all right. I've been very blessed this last week by my family. Brother, by the way, Brother Hen, y'all weren't here this morning. You let me, we had icicles hanging in here this morning. Got it warm here tonight. <laughs> we knew you was coming. If you would please, Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. I get a thrill every time I read this. I want to read two portions of it. Uh, in Luke chapter 7, verse 1. Now when he ended all his sayings, in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum, and a certain centurion's servant, who was dear unto him, was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying, that he was worthy for whom he should do this. For he loved our nation and had built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter into my roof. Wherefore neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee. But say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. For I also am a man set under authority, having under me soldiers. And I say unto one, Go, and he goeth, and another, Come, and he cometh. And to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turned about, and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, not in Israel. And they that were sent, returning to the house, found the servants whole that had been sick. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now when he was come nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, and the only son of his mother. And she was a widow. And much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said unto her, Weep not. And he came, and he came and touched the bier, and they that bear him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. And it came, and there came a fear on all. And they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen up among us, and that God has visited his people. And this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea, throughout all the region round about. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, we read these stories, and we realize, Lord, that they're not just fictional stories. They really happen. You really did these miracles. And Father, what a great privilege it must have been for the people to behold your works. But Father, we by faith behold them every day of our life. We ask you, dear God, that you bless us tonight around this message. I believe there's a message for each one of us here tonight in these stories. 
So I ask you to take, let the Holy Spirit speak to us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here's one of the most moving stories of life, death, in the Bible. And there's five great powers of life that I want to talk to you about tonight. Here we're shown the love and compassion of Christ. Here we have the five great powers of life. Number one, the first power that we see here is this story is the power of death. If Jesus tarries, and I say that uh, knowing that he's going to come soon or believing he is, but if Jesus uh, doesn't come soon, you think about it, everybody in this room is going the way of death. Now, again, I've only met very few people in my life who really didn't fear death or dying. Most of us fear the unknown. If uh, The more I know and the more I read about death in the Bible, the less I fear it. I, I really don't fear dying, and so I'm looking forward for Jesus to come back. Most people believe there's a hell. Most people believe in heaven. Uh, we believe in salvation by grace. We know the Bible is true, and it's the Word of God. Any man that thinks by for himself knows that in this life there's a constant struggle of life and death. No matter what the struggle of life is, no matter how hard it gets here, man still wants to live and hang on as long as he can. And uh, simply because death is unknown. Now here's one of the most powerful things in life, and that's death. And the first one, number two, the third power, the second power as shown here is a story is a power of love. Now, I remember uh, we was traveling one time and we're going up, there's a, a just before you get to Ocala, there's a bridge over there across the swamp on I-75. And a mother duck come across that bridge with a bunch of little ducks falling. And I like to wreck my car, uh, keep them hitting them little ducks. And I've, I've thought about that story, I, or that scene, uh, many a time. I didn't want to see anything happen to them little ducks, amen? And there's, there's a great power in love. The third great power shown in this story is the power of tears. The, fifth, the fourth great power is the power of prayer. And the fifth great power is the power of Christ to conquer. Now let's, let's take a morning at a time for just a minute. The power of death. When man turned his back on God and God's commandments in the Garden of Eden, sin entered. When sin entered, death came upon all men, the Bible says. And here death has come to the home of a widow name, in name. Uh, with death came sorrow. We're never prepared for death in our families. Death is always a surprise. Amen. I, I read this story, and I, every time I come to it, and I see this verse, it says, And when he stood up and spoke, everybody was afraid. Can you can you see these guys carrying this man to, to bury him somewhere, and he slurries it up in the casket and starts talking to him? It's sort of like a little thing my old uncle used to tell me. He said these two boys was uh, mean up in West Florida, and this old man had to go home through the cemetery, and so they got a sheet to put over him, going to scare him. The old man carried a pistol with him, and so he, he, they started, jumped out at him, going to scare the old man. 
and said the devil's going to get you, the devil's going to get you. He said, now you stay right where you is. Papa can see you. And uh, and uh, they, they kept on at him. He said, I told you to stay right where you is. Papa can see you. He said, that's really you so dead now. You're so hard-headed. <laughs> he had buried his son out there in that graveyard, and he thought that was him come back alive and come after him. But I never will forget that story. But uh, can you imagine? I read in the Bible every every time Jesus came to a funeral service, He broke that thing up. Amen. He rose them from the dead. But I've never met anybody yet that wanted to see their loved ones die, and it's unexpected. I don't care how much you prepare for death; it's always unexpected. Amen. I've been with people in the hospital that says to me, "I'm." Uh, preacher, when I get better, I'm going to come to church and they'll mention a certain date or something. I'm going to be in church as soon as I get better. They weren't expecting to die, but they died that night. And uh, what what happens a lot of time, we're not expecting death, but death comes. It's a great power. Amen? The second great power that's mentioned is the power of love. Verse 13 said, And when the Lord saw her, He had compassion on her. Love is the greatest force in all the world. Jesus could look into her heart and see it was broken and sad. She loved her son. You know, I believe this. Jesus knows when our heart's broken. Amen. A few years ago, a mother and a grandmother asked me to go see their grandson and son in uh, Rayford Prison. And the thing that, that I want you to see about this story is I went there and I got to lead the young man to the Lord, but uh, in the doing so, all their mother and grandmother could say about that young man, no matter what a bad thing he'd done, all they could say about it, he was a good boy. You ever notice how people, uh, people, their kids get in trouble, and they always come to me and they talk about how good they are? You know why? A mother sees nothing but good in them. A mother was here this morning. In the back, back there with her little grandbaby. I said, I got a pretier grandbaby than you have. And she said, no, you hadn't. Mine's prettier than yours. And so we got an argument back there in the back of the church about our grandbabies. And I said, you know what gets me? I've been in the hospital a many a time with mothers that have little babies. Now, I don't know about you, but a freshly born baby is not pretty to me. And if you ain't, you'd have to see what I'm talking about. I've been there. But always they want to, Preacher, won't you hold my pretty little baby? And I want to say no, but you know what, that mother, that's the prettiest thing that mother has ever seen. Amen? That's love. Now watch this. Now think of all the God-haters. Think of all the Christ-rejectors. Think of all the people who never care about going to God's house. But God, good, they have pleasure seekers, all they can think about is seeking pleasure. Can you imagine how this must break the heart of the Lord? Because the Bible says He loved the whole world. When He says, I could save them from their sins. Jesus says, I love, I love. Jesus loves and wants to save sinners. Yet, He hates our sins. Have you ever thought of how much Jesus must have loved? He left heaven. He left glory. He left His heavenly Father. Yet the Bible says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world. And that's not this circle thing that we call earth. That means He loved the people of the earth. Amen. 
And I tell everybody that I meet, and I mean this, you can never say that God didn't love you because He did. What a great power. One of the things that I've learned too, the third great power, is a power of tears. Now there's a power in tears. I've been able to win a lot of people to Christ just simply because God moved me to compassion thinking about they might go to hell and I weep over them and they come to know Christ as a Savior. People come to church and they're afraid to cry. They're afraid to show their emotions. People ought to and need to see we have emotions. Amen? We need to weep over lost souls. And right now, one of these days it'll be too late. And when I'm, what I'm talking about is tears has power. I've seen young men that uh, they would stand and cuss their mother or cuss their daddy. And, and yet later on I've seen them seeing their mother or daddy pray for them in tears. And it would break their heart and change their whole life. Why? Just simply because of tears and emotions. Then there's a great power of prayer. Did you know we can have all the promotions? We can have all the glamour. We can have all the fanfare in the world. Yet nothing will get to the heart of God or man as prayer does. Many a soul has come to Jesus because somebody prayed for them. I've noticed that one thing that will get to somebody quicker than anything else. It's like an old man, a man that met me at the door one time, and I told him I wanted to talk to him about the Lord. And he said, I'm not interested in your God, and carried on to me right at the front door. I said, well, sir, can I pray with you before I leave? And he said, well, sure, you can pray. And I prayed with him when I looked up, big old tears were coming to his eyes. And before I got to leave there that night, I got to lead him to the Lord. You know why? Simply because of prayer. And I mentioned his name before God in prayer. And I guarantee you one thing, brother. When you mention somebody's name to, in their presence to God in prayer, it gets to them. And prayer is a powerful thing. Then there's the power of Christ. The power of Christ can change lives. Christ has changed many a drunkard, many a home wrecker, many a hearted, simply by a touch. And to know the Lord Jesus Christ is to change people. I wish I had time tonight to tell some of the stories that I have seen Christ literally change right before my eyes. I One fellow that I came, all the time, every time I think about this, I got to lead him to the Lord. And his wife was a holiness lady, and she spoke in tongues and carried on. And, and uh, just uh, I went there that night, and I said, Now I come tonight, I want to lead you to Christ. And he was sitting there drinking a beer and smoking a cigarette. And he said, now, LaDue, I want to finish my beer and my cigarette. I said, well, just put them down a few minutes, will you? And listen to me a few minutes. And I never will forget it. The couch was pulled out from the wall a little bit. And his wife got over behind the couch speaking in tongues and carrying on and shouting. And the whole time me and him was on the other side of the couch and kneeling. And me taking the Bible. And I led him to the Lord. And I saw that boy change his whole life for the Lord. He didn't do it. Christ did it for him. Amen. And I've seen many a dope addict, many a drunkard. Life changed because there's power in the Lord Jesus. 
And here's one thing I can tell you. If you want to have power with people to change people's lives, you've got a grandson, you've got a granddaughter, you've got a daughter, you've got a husband, you've got a wife, you've got somebody out there that you really love, that you want to see their lives change, introduce them to the Lord Jesus. Amen? That's all you got to do. Just introduce them to the Lord, and the Lord will change their life. They call this great power in the Lord. You think about these five powers for just a minute. When Jesus came to this scene, here this man was dead. Now think about that. He can't do nothing for himself. And all of a sudden God had compassion on him. What great power. And then He prayed for him and He raised him up. And in Christ Jesus is great power. I've seen people literally in the thrones of death. And I've prayed for them and I introduced them to Lord Jesus and seen God heal their bodies. So there's great power in these things. And here's what I, the only reason I want to bring this to your attention. They're there for our use. Amen? You think about it. When's the last time you shed a tear with somebody? And their soul? Or whatever they're going through? And a lot of people are going through a lot of things right now. They can't hardly handle. We ought to let them know we care for them. And you know I learned just this week, going out and making some visits, to some people that people really care if you care for them. They really do. And it's, it's meaningful that we care for people and let them know it because there's great power in that. God can use it. Amen? Glad I'm saved tonight, aren't you? Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, we thank You for just being able to come together for a few minutes in glory in the fact that You love us and You pray for us and You have compassion on us so much that you left the ivory palaces and came down to save our soul and to change our lives for your honor and glory. Would you bless your people tonight? Each one is come and each one is listening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing something, please.